0: This week in episode 44 of the Odd Dad Out Podcast, I've got some stories with marital issues, a great practical joke, a pair of really dumb criminals, and a double shot from the King of Queens himself. Plus, I just have to air my beef with a particular saying. Beginning Odd Dad Out Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out, and this is the show where I share my twisted little view of the world, along with some weird news and and bits. It, It can be a little nerdy, it can be a lot ranty, and usually you shouldn't take it that seriously. Happy 2017! And here's hoping it's better than last year. Uh, so, not to get too much into the you know, my 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 common uh, what's coming up in 2017, but I was kind of talking to a friend at work the other day. Not that I have many, but I was talking to a friend at work the other day, and he pointed out that and he actually listens to the show. That although the show has "Dad" in the title. I really don't talk about my kids that much anymore. I mean, I did, I used to a bit more, and honestly, I it was when my wife and I started the Mom and Dad Cuss Show. I kind of st- stopped talking about the kids here, and it w- I think it was much more having to do with I don't want to throw all of my stories into one show and have nothing to do on the nothing to talk about on the other show. Incidentally, my wife and I talk more about generalized parenting stuff and have our own little. You know, personal stories in there, so I'm like, eh, and now I feel like I was kind of wasting it. So, that being said, I am gonna start putting more of those kind of dad stories and put the dad back in the Odd Dad Out podcast. Because uh, yeah, like I said, it it it's in the name of the show, and I do feel like yeah, it kind of needs, it kind of does need to be there. I'm like, I'm a dad. It's the title of the show. it Was the inspiration for the title and all those fun things. So, yeah, and yeah, so. That being said, uh, it's, it's, I've made no, uh, uh, how would you say? It's, it's well established and I've talked about before. We have a, a slightly off of normal, a more interesting variety of entertainment in our house. Not like we go off and we churn butter for fun kind of interesting entertainment, but, our, our variety and our, the incredibly eclectic nature of our music and our TV and the things we watch in our house were, you know, were a little off from normal, you could say. Where I've said, I just said it. Yep. That's what I did. Um, but it's it, today I'm specifically going to kind of focus in, uh, on one little one of our i wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure we're not guilty about it we openly will express our our affinity for uh, we are every one of us in our house really big fans of drag race and of course i'm not talking about the nhra because that'd be entirely too normal it's like oh yeah it's a dad and four boys of course they like race cars no not race cars rupaul's drag race again the king of queens himself rupaul we all are really big fans of Drag Race. And if you're not familiar with Drag Race, it is very simply the like drag queen reality competition show where a bunch of uh, drag queens come in and compete in different challenges to kind of be crowned and given this title of the next drag superstar. And realistically speaking, in a lot of cases... It's really helped the careers of a lot of great entertainers. And. The. If if you watch the show. It's entertaining. And I will say. Some people. It's not for them. Some people are. Like. You know. Straight up. It's just not going to be for them. Because they're. They don't like the idea of, of drag queens. Or gay people. Or men dressing up as women. Or whatever. But and you know, that's that's you and honestly if that's you you're probably not going to be listening to my smart ass so eh, whatever but all of us even even down to Sam it, all of us in the, in our house are really big fans of it and even like I said even Sam baby Sam who is just over a year old my wife will put on drag race on hulu and just let it run And we'll, and we'll sit there and we'll watch it. And he is loving it. He is giggling. He's loving watching the, the crazy outfits and the music and all the, and the silliness and the running around and the chaos and, and all the the weird stuff they do. So, you know, because they're on a big stage and sparkly gowns and, and, and dancing and having to do musical numbers and being really silly. And so it's really funny, but he, you know, but all of us will sit there and and watch this show and comment and and it's like I got into an argument with my wife and our oldest son Charlie because I said I was not a huge fan of one particular drag queen, and suddenly I'm getting my head chewed off by my wife and my son, of which of course she puts up on Facebook, and next thing you know, I'm getting flamed by my my sisters as well. What the hell? I didn't say I didn't like her. I just said, I'm not as big a fan because she kind of looks like, uh, Marilyn Manson with too many facelifts. That's all. Um, incidentally, it was like a case of like reconstructive surgery after a bad car accident, but I forgot about that. Um, anyway, uh, but <laughs> it, 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 it's a funny thing how in that respect, RuPaul's Drag Race is such a huge part of our, our family dynamic and entertainment thing that we, that we're all into it. And my wife is like ton, like follows a bunch of the contestants and their music. And we've all got our favorite queens and all that to give a perspective on. I was into this show before my wife because I've been a fan of RuPaul since I was a kid, since like the nineties back when RuPaul was uh, on MTV and, and it's surprising that you wouldn't think about it, but like now you think about how there's much more like the, the gay culture and the drag culture and trans and all that. There's much more, even though there's like those people that are opposed to those things are very vocal, but In the, in the grand scheme of things, the world is much more accepting of these lifestyles more than it was back in the nineties. Yet back in the nineties, you had RuPaul, major figure, you know, there's a, like I said, the king of queens, who was just a big, you know, a very mainstream drag queen back in the day, but was on MTV hosting an MTV show. And it was well established. This is a drag queen. Some people didn't know, and I loved. Like I don't know if you remember when Austin Powers came out, and they did the all the really big promotion with Austin Powers, and they named oh, he was one of the you know top hotties of the '90s and all this, and they're like, and they the the gag was like oh oh tucked in, oh, <laughs> you know, so it was a you know, but it was funny, but that RuPaul had mainstream exposure and was a cover girl model and that the rupaul drag queen was a representative for major cosmetics brands and had major modeling deals and it was very mainstream in the 90s you if anybody remembers way back in the, the b52s love shack video rupaul is in that video that's the depth that RuPaul has been. I've been a fan of RuPaul since way back in the nineties when I was a kid watching MTV. And it's, it's funny to me now that it's, you know, God, 20 something years later, still on TV, still. And what I think is funnier is that watching the show now, RuPaul is fucking hilarious. Really is, uh, is got such a sense of humor, both about what he does for a living and himself, but he's just generally a funny guy, which funny guy, girl and funny and you know, sidebar about RuPaul. A lot of Queens get really upset. If you refer to them as in the, in the male context, if you call a drag queen, him, especially in drag, you call a drag queen, him in drag, they get very pissed off. But if RuPaul doesn't really give a shit, what, where they say, I don't care if you call me him or her, just call. Just as long as you call me, I don't care what you call me. Um, that was always kind of Rue's mentality. He's like, Hey, you call me, give me a job. I don't care what the hell you want to call me Betty Sue. Just fucking sign the check. Um, <laughs> but, but I, it, it kind of leads into, um, I, again, I said I have a double shot from RuPaul this week. Both my little hey, this is a you know big thing, and my boys arguing with me about drag queens, but that also led me into a, a somewhat similar thing with my wife. We got Scrabble for the holidays, and uh, last week my wife and I sat there playing Scrabble, and uh, I guess I should backtrack a bit. Because again, this is leading into, and I'm I'm shuffling the show this week because of this story. But again, because we watched Drag Race and we're podcasters now, maybe you don't know, but RuPaul has a podcast, and that is this week's recommended listening. And I'm actually I'm deviating because all my other shows have been indie shows, but this is a kind of a big. It's not a a network show, but it's a you know it's a celebrity show. But RuPaul's podcast called What the Tea with RuPaul and uh, Michelle Visage, who is basically like her right hand, like best friend for the last 15, 20 years. And again, if you are familiar with RuPaul and you'll find that the, and, and follow the, the industry, they're, they're, you know, right there hand in hand a lot of times. They, you know, co-host Drag Race and all those other fun things. Um, but. You could say that Michelle is like the ambassador to the to the RuPaul brand, but uh, yeah, but it's it's just a fun show, and it's it's kind of it's kind of an interview style show, and it's it's Ru and Michelle sitting there chatting and and just being you know girlfriends, and then bringing in like celebrity guests, a lot of them who are like guest judges on Drag Race and stuff like this, or are a lot of the the uh, queens that compete on drag race and things like that. But it's, it's fun interviews because it's very conversational and you get kind of a, and it's, it's a behind the curtain look at a lot of these, these people and them just chatting. And it's the stories of stuff that happened behind the scenes or stories that like, Oh yeah, we were on tour doing this thing and, Like oh, we were outside this hotel and there were like rats darting around and like trying like had a meltdown and shit like this, or just you know silly stuff or you know talking about their you know Michelle talking about her kids or or just you know like all these silly stories from on the road or what's going on or just silly life interview. I like those kind of behind the scenes sort of things, but they're just. A lot of them are really funny people. They don't get too heavy. I mean, sometimes they do. I mean, you're talking about people that may or may not have trauma in their background, um, who may or may not have gone through some things or may have had... It's like RuPaul has been is in Pushing 60 and lived through the disco era and, and had some drug history in the past. like, yeah, people got stories. Some people have some dark stories. Some people have some utterly hilarious stories. Some people have both. I've got both. I haven't gotten too dark yet because this is a relatively new show, episodically speaking. But it's 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 interesting to listen to. I mean, I've I've there been I've seen episodes with a number of of hilarious queens, and then you have like Bruce Valanche, who is a a comedian and actor and comedy writer. Um. You may not know him by name, but if you saw him, you'd be like, "Oh shit, that guy! He's been writing comedy for so many big names. He wrote with Seinfeld. He's written with... <clears throat> I'm got uh, I'm suddenly blanking." But he went on. He's got stories upon stories upon stories about about writing in for sitcoms and comedies and and all these things for decades. Uh, he's had he's had Blondie. Uh, had a ton of models and because RuPaul has been connected in the modeling world and the music world and the gay community and all these. And so you has got just kind of hands and fingers and, and connections all over. So you just get it's like, just drag RuPaul's friends in and you can run for 200 episodes and just keep bringing friends in. And they've all got great stories and they're all funny people. and it's And it's, it's a great listen. And yeah, sometimes I don't know the guests and I'm not as interested. And yeah, that happens with any interview show. Um, but it's fun. That's a fun listen. I highly recommend it. So that is part one of my recommended listening this week. And again, I know I'm going out of order. Um, that being said, part two, that's not so much recommended listening. And it goes back to the Scrabble story. Um, one of the past winners of Drag Race, I forget which season. I think it was season six. I could be wrong I'm not going to look it up right now Because that would take time It was uh, Bianca Del Rio And again you don't, I'm not looking it up to see the, His real name But uh, Recently in a sense Winning Drag Race Bianca Del Rio And I, I love Bianca I love Bianca for If not just Holy great funny person Bianca Del Rio is for all intents and purposes, an insult comic who happens to wear drag. And the makeup that Bianca wears is, it's it's aggressive clown makeup. That's the best. It is that super campy, really over the top, huge eyes and just, he looks like a Mexican clown. I think he's Italian, but he looks like a Mexican clown. (laughs) but yeah, i think the guy himself, i forget no his name is richard something whatever uh but uh, <laughs> but Bianca del rio is essentially an insult comic and clown makeup and and a big sequiny gown and he's utterly hilarious it's like if lisa lampinelli was a drag queen that's what you've got if Lisa Lampanelli was actually just a drag queen, that's Bianca Del Rio. Incredibly harsh, utterly hilarious insult comic. Really sweet person. Otherwise, Is really nice and really funny, even though he's like one of those. He's just going to sit there and burn you to death with with just shot after shot after shot. But when you're down, he's going to help pick you up. Just don't tell anybody. Uh, that was that was always like the running gag during that season it's like bianca would be like total bitch and burn somebody so hard but when somebody was struggling you go and help them out and like oh i'm gonna help you sew this or i'm gonna help you put this together or help you work on your choreography or work on your this or this or this i'm like oh you're being so nice like yeah don't let anybody else know about it yeah. <laughs> it was but recently since winning drag race Bianca del Rio did a movie uh of course like featuring RuPaul RuPaul has kind of a, a a cameo in the movie as the weather as the weatherman and when you think about it RuPaul's normal speaking voice well it's just actually just your voice but or kind of the uh what's the word the meter the the speaking tone RuPaul plays a weatherman very well um <laughs> but the movie is called Hurricane Bianca which is kind of a Double meaning, uh, but it is currently on Netflix, and that's why I kind of jumped around. Is because my wife and I were had our holiday Scrabble game going, and we're sitting there and we're like, hey, let's put on Hurricane Bianca because it's on Netflix and we watch it. And again, Bianca is an insult comic, so it's just fucking hilarious. Just burn upon burn upon burn as the character, because in the movie, she plays both male teacher here I am, this is what I look like. Which again again sidebar, most drag queens aren't that attractive out of drag. I'm just gonna say it. Most drag queens are not good looking guys. They make good looking women, they're not good looking guys. Bianca Del Rio, pretty good looking guy. He's a decent looking guy. You just think, like, oh yeah, that's Uncle Richard. And then uh on on Saturday nights Uncle Richard becomes anti Bianca. But the movie basically follows Richard science teacher happens to be gay failed comedian who gets hired kind of like a Joe Clark style in troubled school in Texas and is like trying to get the kids to learn great teacher, but nobody wants to basic for all intents and purposes. No one's going to give him the time of day, but basically gets fired for being gay, which according to the movie and I could totally be wrong about this uh, is legal in Texas. Um, but, enter, uh, gets drunk, enter, uh, drunk, uh, kind of alter ego, Bianca Del Rio, and very angry alternate personality, you could say. And Bianca comes in and shakes up the whole school and gets the kids to fucking pay attention and listen and God damn it And, and so it's, it, it's, again, hilarious and it's not necessarily like the, the overarching story i could tell you the end of the story because of course there's going to be a happy ending but how do you get there i love the how the i can tell you that everything works out in the end and and bianca gets the kids to learn and everybody is, is happy at the end of the story but it's it's not what the ending is it kind of romeo and juliet they tell you the beginning the end of the beginning of the story why? Because the end doesn't matter. It's the journey. But it, it's absolutely worth a watch. It's a great story. It really is. The way it all plays out, and it's and again, it's it's hilarious because you've got insult comic science teacher. So you know, uh, giving the kids fucked up nicknames and shit because you know this little girl's a bitch. And the way they talk to the other teachers, the way she talks to the kids, to get them to pay attention. Sometimes they just need tough love, and that's when uh, Miss Bianca comes in. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Again, kind of a twist on my recommended listening, but yeah, this week. So, if if you are so inclined, uh, I highly recommend checking out uh, What's the Tea with RuPaul, which is at com. And again, the reason I, I jumped... This in this week with uh, Hurricane Bianca is is currently on Netflix as of January 2017. It is currently on Netflix and I don't know how long it's going to be because this is a movie featuring a drag queen. And so it may not be on there very long. So at least right now it's there. So you should totally check it out because it's a it's a great movie. It's really fun. So, yeah, that is my recommended listening watching for this week. And my funny dad stories all mixed up into one. So now I'm going to take a little promo break. And I will come back with bullshit from the news. What's happening with the new man? What, what's happening to the new man? What's happening with the new man? I don't know the song about the new man. Hey, it's the new man. If you're looking for a new podcast to check out, why not check out What's Happening with the New Man? With the crazy bad scientists from Australia talking about all sorts of things from gardening to cooking to life at home with your kids, What's Happening with the New Man podcast is the one for you. Check it out now. It's on iTunes, What's Happening with the New Man, also on Podbeam and all your social media pipes. Make sure you press the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You don't want to miss this hilarious podcast from Australia. What's happening with the new man? I'm Adam. And I'm Rihanna from the Mom and Dad Cuss a Little podcast. After seven and a half years and four little boys, we've learned a few things about the parenting game and are here to share it with you. We definitely don't know everything, but we tell it how it is, chaos, messes, and all. So, if you like your parenting shows without all the sugar-coated unicorns, subscribe to Mom and Dad Cuss a Little on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever great podcasts are found. First up this week. Okay, you've if you've been married or any sort of relationship, you have a fight, and you kind of start, or hell, even with your parents, and you have a fight, and you're giving them the silent treatment. Everybody knows what that is. Well, this guy has got you beat hands down. A Japanese man has not spoken to his wife for 20 years. No bullshit. What's even more fun, they have an 18-year-old son. That's where the whole story kind of came out. Um for i guess they had a disagreement uh, about 20 years ago ish and he kind of started giving her the cold shoulder and he has not actually said a single word to her in 20 years he will nod he will grunt she will speak to him i'm assuming and that's it but he has not spoken a word to his wife in 20 years and this all basically came about because their 18-year-old son reached out to, like, some psychiatrist. Kind of, I guess you could say it's like Japanese Dr. Phil. Um, because he realized he'd never heard his dad talk to mom. They have not spoken in 20 years. His entire life, he'd never heard his parents uh, talk. So he kind of reached out to see, you know, can we fix this? Can we patch this up? I have yet to see the outcome of the trying to patch things up and get dad to... to you know, give up his, his cold shoulderedness, but damn, really, I mean, I've, I've had arguments with my wife <coughs> where one of us will just kind of be giving him the silent treatment. And for us, it's more a matter of we sit there and not talk to each other because we don't want to fight. It's the right now I'm angry. And if I say anything, I'm going to be very mad. I'm not. I'm not being quiet to spite you. I'm being quiet because I don't want to aggravate this situation anymore. That's why we, if we don't talk to each other, it's because I don't want to fight. So that's that's us. I don't know if that's how the silent treatment works for other people, but that's how it works for us. But yeah, dude, you won. Really, twenty fucking years, and you had a kid in this time. What the hell, man? I mean, maybe that was it. Maybe it was like two years in and she's like, damn, maybe if, you know, we, we have a kid, he'll, he'll knock this shit off. Nope. He committed to this. Hell, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if his vocal cords are all fucked up. Ah, okay. So, next story. A, a German. That's what I was thinking. I have it, I have it written down and I missed the, a, a German man. This has got to be the best prank. Ever. Uh, you know, we In the age of punked, we've seen some pretty great pranks. But this is a normal, everyday, practical joke that is just awesome. German man comes home to find his front door has been walled in. As in, like, brick and mortar, somebody built a brick wall in front of his front door to block him out. Ah, <laughs> uh, that has got to, like be the best prank ever. They have, as, as of right now, they don't The like, last time I read there. There were no witnesses. There were no suspects. And it's just one of those, is this like, is it a revenge thing? Or is this just a fucking great practical joke? Like, Oh, Hey, let's prank the old man on the corner. You know, I was just, I loved it. It was like, Oh my God, this, the, Because it doesn't really, if you if you know what you're doing, it really doesn't take that long to build a brick wall. Just like here's a, you know, you got a wheelbarrow full of bricks, a wheelbarrow full of cement, slap brick, slap brick, slap brick there. But it was a full cemented brick wall, not like just a stack of bricks and push them over and you got a big pile of bricks. This guy had to get, had to borrow an axe to break through this brick wall so he could get into his house. Uh, I think they said the damage, and it was all originally posted in euros. I think the, the origi- the damage ultimately is like five, six hundred bucks between the brick wall and like the damage it caused to his house, him trying to break into his house. So not incredibly terrible, but I don't know about you. I don't have an extra six hundred bucks to fix my house because some jackass put a brick wall in front of my door. But fuck, that's a great prank. <laughs> It's original. That's that's the thing. Is It's an original prank. It's hard to find original pranks nowadays that aren't catastrophically dangerous or uh, like potentially a lot of property damage. Because the best pranks don't hurt anybody. They're just damn funny. And I think this this was just damn funny. I mean, how would you feel if you came home from your house and there was a brick wall in front of your door? Just a fucking brick wall. You do not even know what to do. I don't know how the hell I'd react to that. I might try and get around to the back door, but that's about it. Ah, fun. Okay, this week I I I could not pick a jackass of the week. I could not. Last week I let it go on on account of the holidays, but this week I could not pick. I think this one's just going to be a tie. So let's go, ladies first. There is a woman who basically, she's one of those, you know, every, I think everybody knows those guys, who, those people who sit there and obsessively play the scratch-off tickets and they are always playing the lottery and sit there and go and like every other day they're going to the corner store and buying a stack of scratch-off tickets and they usually lose. Well, this woman always loses and she seems to be taking it personally. She has taken to calling in, she is, I cannot remember, they're trying to find her, like, to arrest her. But she has been uh charged with, uh, I lost count of the shitload of charges of making, of threatening public officials. Because she has been losing so much, she has spent several years making death threats. To the state lottery board, she will call and leave threatening voicemails, and and rant and rave and cuss them out. And has gone to the point of, uh, like leaving messages like, "I know all your names. I know uh, where you live. I know where your kids go to school." And it's like I could do this and this and this, and making like death threats against these people and their families over fucking lottery tickets. I, I I'm sorry, but you You have a problem, you have a gambling problem first of all, and then you have anger management issues but this but she's actually calling up and saying, "Oh, yeah, you're never going to find me, you're never gonna find me i' I'm using burner phones, you can't trace my calls. It's like you can't like I move around a lot, you're not gonna find me. It's like you're never gonna find me. what the hell is your damage woman You're threatening the state lottery board." And the, the members of the, the lottery commission and the police and the sheriff because you're losing at scratch-off tickets. Maybe you should buy from a different store. I don't know. Something. Maybe play the regular lottery and maybe get five bucks back. I don't know. But you need to calm your shit because you're threatening lottery officials for all intents and purposes because you're just unlucky. Get a rabbit's foot or something, but fuck yeah this woman she doesn't need to be in jail she hasn't hurt anybody but she probably needs to at least have a little bit of time in a hospital with some nice people in white coats who look at you through a little window because she's a little bit fucked in the head and now for contestant number two and this one's this one surprised me because of where it is—a pizza man or pizza guy in a little mom and pop shop in Israel. Which I don't know about you, I, and I guess it's weird to think about. But I didn't—I don't think about pizza shops in Israel, but I don't see why not. Um, but yeah, pizza shop in Israel. Man has been indicted for drugging police officers by sprinkling artificial uh the uh, synthetic marijuana product whatever it is they call it out there um on their pizza that's right he put fake pot on the policeman's pizza knowingly they knew it was a cop's order the funny thing is now i'm not gonna blame the cops for this but i'm kind of not i can't totally take the blame from the cops for this they call in the order, they say, they're say they like, oh, what do you want on your pizza? Whatever you want, just throw whatever on it. Don't tell a stoner to throw whatever on your pizza because they're going to drug your pizza. I'm sorry. Not even, even like, whether or not it's it's a vengeance thing or, a, you know, fuck the man and, and down with the police and all that shit. You tell a stoner to put shit on your, just whatever, they're going to put drugs on your food. You know? You never eat brownies from the stoner. You never let the stoner guy bake you anything. At all. Ever. Because even this shit will happen. Cop tells the stoner pizza guy, Yeah, just throw whatever on the pizza. What's he do? He fucking puts drugs in the pizza. And all the cops who ate the pizza had to end up going to the hospital because, because they sat there ingesting fucking synthetic pot and got all... <clears throat> uh... And got sick because you're not supposed to eat synthetic pot. I don't know what you do i don't I don't do drugs, so it's i'm a a little harder on that but yeah it's it, it's a tie for jackass because dude, you knew it was cops. you knew that shit was going to come back on you, but apparently it was from word from the owner told him to do it, so yeah, the owner of the pizza shop got arrested and charged for. Trying to poison. Basically, because he tried to poison the police officers. I don't know what beef he had with the police officers. I know in Israel because of the the climate out there, people are a little edgy. So maybe that's it. Maybe the guy was just a little spiky. Maybe he knew the cops personally. I don't know. I guess ultimately that's irrelevant. He admitted to doing it. He's been arrested. The cops are okay. Nobody died. But it was really fucking dumb. It's just really dumb. Don't mess with the police. It never works out in your favor. What is the Potter family? Hey, this is Shane. That's not Shane, That's a robot set by the government. <laughs> And that's Kenny from I'm Now a that Robot I'm, too. From now that I'm older. More like now that I'm robots. This is Gabriel Russo from The Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear podcast. This is Steve from The Drift and Ramble podcast. This is Nick from The Epic Film Guys podcast. This is Emily from The Story Behind. This is Adam from Everyone Has a Podcast. This is Sean Harrigan from The CineScape podcast. We are you. Podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. So follow us on Twitter at Podern Family and use the hashtag Podern Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Podern Family, where great podcasts come home. And I'm back. Um, so before I go today, I've I've just got it. I've got to get this off my chest, and it's I guess you could say this is like the the Adams Rants section of the show where. But it's, it's not so much a rant today. I'm not, I'm not nagging and bitching and, and oh my God and, and, and and rage filled. But this is just a little thing. It's a, it's a thing that picks at me. You know that, that, that old saying, old saying that many people say, drive it like you stole it. Like, I don't get that. I, and maybe it's just that interpretation because like everybody seems to just get this like, I feel like everyone gets this backwards. Uh because I don't know about like if you stole a car, when does drive it like you stole it suddenly mean you're in you're playing, you know, GTA 5? Um uh, when does it mean you're like suddenly it it's it's fast and furious with this shit? Because and realistically, that's basically the nature of the game, isn't it? I mean, the game is basically almost based on that interpretation of that particular saying. Because it's steal a car and drive like a fucking lunatic and do crazy bullshit. And that's what everybody does. Like, that whole, and like, oh, drive it like you stole it. And just like, let's like drive around like a jackass. Um, <clears throat> I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but if I stole a car, like, wouldn't it be better to really not draw attention to yourself? If you're driving a if you stole a car, I think the, the right idea is don't draw attention to yourself. Let's not have the police on your ass. Uh like honestly, I'd be subtle as fuck. <laughs> like I kinda remember that movie uh excess baggage. Not a lot of people remember that movie, but it was uh uh the Alicia Silverstone and Benicio del Toro and Christopher Walken was in it. Um uh, Uh, Harry Connick Jr. was in it. Um, but, uh, there's, uh, Benicio del Toro plays a car thief and he steals this car and Alicia Silverstone had, had faked a kidnapping and she locked herself in the trunk and he steals her car and wakes up and all this whole, but later on they steal the car, another car and there's a lot of car theft in this movie. And he's all like, just like drive the car like you own it. That, that's, when you steal a car, that's what you need to do. Don't drive like a fucking maniac. Drive it like you own the car. You know, that's how you, drive it like you stole it. Drive it like you motherfucking own it. Why? Because the police are gonna be looking for it. Ah, <laughs> uh, true story. Like, you, you have to, like, when I was 14, that's when I started learning to drive. When I was 14, I could pass for 16, and it was South Texas. Nobody cared. But literally, my dad taught me to drive by throwing me the keys to the family van, say, "Go, go drive, fine, be careful. If you get pulled over, you stole it. That's it. That was the rule. I learned to be cautious as a motherfucker. I am one of the most hyper vigilant, uh, hyper observant drivers out there right now, because when I learned to drive, the threat of jail was always a possibility. The idea that, you know, if, that if, if I got caught, if I got pulled over, a 14 year old kid without a license and dad's gonna say I stole the car, I'm fucked. So I got I'm damn comfortable and damn natural behind a wheel. I don't drive like a jackass and I am hyper aware of everything out there. And I've got like fucking cop radar in my brain like nobody's business. The only times I've ever been pulled over in my life were because I had expired tags. And that's one of those, well, I'm fucking shit out of luck. There's nothing I can do about that. So, yep, my registration's expired. They're going to hit me for that no matter what. I didn't do anything. I just didn't get my registration in time. My brother was the same way. We, we learned to drive under the guise that we stole the car. And we were damn careful. I don't understand this, lunati- this lunacy of driving like a fucking maniac and driving like a jackass because you stole it, air quotes, It it, it seems counter... It's counterintuitive. Sorry. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's more like drive it like you're going to be on TV on a high-speed chase. That's what people want. It's not drive it like you stole it. It's drive it like you want to go to jail because that's what's going to happen. I don't know. And again, it's not like a crazy, like ranty, angry thing. It's just one of those, what the... It doesn't make sense. It's one of those sort of things to me that makes you go, huh? (laughs) <laughs> uh that yeah that's just that's it's just a personal beef of mine i get again just because i had a complete opposite experience why would you drive like that why would you be crazy if you fucking stole it it's like just like time you see a purse snatcher and they fucking dart away it's like everybody's gonna be paying attention to the jackass the big burly dude running through the crowd holding a purse over his head this is why you don't see a lot of purse snatchers. But, like, you're drawing attention to yourself by being a dude running with a purse. You know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna rip somebody off, be a pickpocket. Just subtly reach over, grab whatever, na da 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 da, stroll away, nobody noticed you there. You know? Misdirection. You know? Carjacking is a whole other thing, but, like, carjacker, and I think that's more like Grand Theft Auto is. But carjacking is like you just robbed a place and you need a getaway car now. You're probably taking a hostage at that point. But that's a whole I mean that's another whole thing. That's where that's where you start the high speed chase from the cops because the cops were already coming. That's 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 a again, that's a whole other thing. But you just stole a car. Be fucking subtle, be chill, get to where you need to with the stolen car. My advice to car thieves everywhere, don't drive it like you stole it. Drive it like you actually fucking stole it. Drive it because you stole it. Drive it like you own the car, because otherwise the police will be on your ass now. The police will know that you can't be subtle when you're doing 90 in a school zone. Just saying. But that is going to wrap it up for me this week. Remember, you can always check out all the past episodes on odddatout.blogspot.com or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or Spreaker or wherever it is that you get your podcast. And hey, leave me a review. Five stars is great, but be honest. I want your honesty. Whether you think I suck or you think I'm fabulous. Leave me a review so I know what you think. Or you could leave one on the Facebook page at, at, at Odd Dad Out. I could, you could do it there, too. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, you can always find me again on Facebook or Twitter at Odd dad Out. Or if you want to be a little more discreet, Odd dad Out at gmail.com. And until next week, of course, I'm Adam Higgins, the Odd dad Out. Thank you and good night.